So I'm delighted this morning to be with David, David Kemp. Uh, David is one of the most in-demand planners that I know of, a uh, planning consultant. David, do you want to just explain a little bit about your background and why you're one of the most, you know, resourced planners that I know in my network? Lots of people contact you asking for advice. You speak at events on a regular basis. So just a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, uh, I've been working in planning and property for about 20 years, just over 20 years. Um, my background is a bit mixed. I mean, I've been a surveyor. I've been a planning consultant. Uh, I've also qualified as a barrister and a solicitor. And I've worked for councils as well as for developers and landowners. So we do a lot of work within the practice that the DRK planning practice has been running for 10 years. Um, and we do a lot of work for developers, particularly SME developers, um, all around the country. Uh, so not just in London and the southeast. And um, we work on applications, appeals, lawful use, um, enforcement, a lot of strategy stuff as well which is really helpful if you're an SME developer and you're just trying to get to grips with what's the best way forward, the best way to tackle things. Um, and um, we do um, a lot of sort of, it, it's very practical, very practically related stuff as well. Um, pretty much um, uh, answering the, the main points and the main questions that, that developers really want answered these days, and particularly with the coronavirus going on as well. So let, um, let, let's come into that a little bit more. So we're going to ask you three key questions. What One is what's the current state of play right now with the coronavirus, as you mentioned? Mm. Mm. Um, and dig in a little bit deeper, because I noticed you mentioned about HMO um, planning is a lot trickier because the schools are off. It's almost like a school holiday. Mm. So mm. just going in through the uh, transport requirements and how you're getting around that particular issue and what your feelings are going forward in terms of not how long it's going to be but what can what are the next steps if it does go beyond you know a month or two is the mm. things which the government may introduce in terms of planning um, and it's interesting you mentioned the surveying background as well which I have to admit I wasn't aware of I knew the legal background but not the surveying background and one of the mm. major challenges is surveyors are generally not going to site anymore as well mm. lots of desktop look rather than me give too much information you're the expert this morning um first of all do you want to just explain how the planning process has changed has it really significantly changed as well yeah most of it's gone on online really um there's a lot more meetings being held um online obviously all meetings will have to be held online for now while the movement restrictions in place um, and so just yesterday for instance um, we had a meeting online with the um, uh, the planning officer and the heritage officer. Um, it's actually quite funny these days. You kind of get to see what their own homes look like. It's it's a bit like um, um, it's a bit like a tour around people's personal lives. Um, but um, uh, so we had a meeting to do with a knockdown and rebuild of um, a heritage building. Um, which was in, in the conservation area. So it was interesting to see how they cope with the technology. Officers actually been used to working offline, um, and sorry, working online and working um, from home for some time. I mean, I used to be a legal officer and I used to work remotely. So they're used to the infrastructure, they've got it there. It's just the, 
um, some of them um, are off sick and some of them um, might be struggling with their own workload or with the or with the technology so and also possibly working from home every day of the week and it's not quite the same scenario about exactly, work, yeah. working yeah. from home it's working from home being self-isolated completely yeah in the same room how do you create a structure in exactly. terms of your business being disciplined a lot of it as well um now it, the the meeting actually went rather smoothly yesterday apart from the zoom call having to cancel out you know after 40 minutes you know that um that sort of stop on it but generally they work pretty well um the the difficulty is that we can't do um on-site meetings um and that won't just affect planning consultants it affects other people involved in the planning process when applications have to go in so you've got people like um, noise assessors people have to assess um, the impact of noise from commercial premises on your residential development. You've also got people like traffic and highways consultants. Now they can do some work um, by using online tools, but they can't do all their work online. So for instance, where they have to do on-street parking surveys, where you have to count the number of car parking spaces that are available at certain times of the day. Now that's very used, that's very important sometimes if you're doing change of use applications, you're increasing the number of units on the site. So, so for instance, you're converting a house to flats or you're converting a house to a, an HMO or a large HMO. Sometimes you have to do this because you're trying to prove to the council that if there are going to be, there is going to be an increase in parking space as a result of your, your extra units on the site, then it's not going to be harmful to on-street highways conditions. So, the I think generally speaking, what I the point is, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of uncertainty, and people are trying their best to get as much as they possibly can get done using online tools. But the thing is that some offices and some departments still need surveys done. So, for instance, if you um, if you want to get an application done, you might need um, a measured survey done unless you, you can work from agents' drawings or something like that. In each case, if you're a developer, you need to speak quite early on to your architect who you're selecting about what they can do with the information that you've got, say, from agency plans. Need to speak to your highways consultant about what information you think you can get away with at this point in time with the council and submit what you can. Um, so we don't know, and I can't tell you in every case whether or not any particular set of information is going to be enough to get you out of the starting blocks on a particular application. I don't think anybody can tell you that at the moment because it's so it's so fluid. Not even the officers really know how to deal with everything at the moment so it's a case of trying to get as much done as you possibly can and if you're in a situation where officers or say the highways officer or an environmental officer say sorry but we don't have enough information at this point in time to, to move your application forward then what you might have to consider is whether or not you just go for a pre-application at this stage because the, uh, the requirements are a lot softer they're a lot less strict and you can get away with basically not providing very much information at all uh, and there's some reports you can leave off as well um, so you might have to consider that 
Um, and there is one very, also there's very well, one important reason why you might do that at this stage. And that is because what you've got to remember that at this point in time, it's not that there isn't demand in the system. There isn't, it's not that there isn't a willingness to go forward with schemes. A lot of my clients do want to go forward with schemes. It's just that they don't, either they can't get on site because there's a movement restrictions in place, or more importantly, the, the cash is not flowing around the system. It's stopped. Okay, it's very different to the credit crunch back in 2008, 2009. Cash was still flowing around the system. There just wasn't very much of it at the time. So it's a case that cash has stopped moving around the system. So for instance, you know, people can't rent out the service departments if you're, uh, if you're relying on an income from that. Um, you might have tenants who can't go out to work at the moment. So they're having a problem with paying the rent to you. Um, you may be on site and relying upon finance from uh, a drawdown from your bank, but you can't get the drawdown because the, count, the, the bank can't get its valuer or its monitoring surveyor out because of the movement restrictions. So cash has stopped moving around the system. But when the movement restrictions start getting lifted, and we'll come on to when in a moment, what we will see is everybody probably looking to do all these things at the same time. I'm talking to clients of mine, other consultants, other developers, and we think that there's gonna be bottlenecks in the system. Probably in about six months time, when, we, um, when we're seeing life return back to normal, I think certainly from the beginning of September onwards, if not before, but probably from the beginning of September onwards, at least, when the schools are supposed to be going back as well. And then there's a general sense that everything will be returning back to normal. So um, if you are dealing with officers at the moment, but you don't go forward in some way, say with a pre-application, then they're probably going to be deluged and under a lot more pressure then. There's going to be a massive bottleneck in how applications move through the system with them at that point in time. So whatever you can do to get ahead of the, the system and get ahead of the curve, if you like, of what will happen later on is a good idea. So for instance, if you are on site and you probably run out of building materials because you've done as much as you can do at the moment, you need to be thinking about whether or not it would be a good idea to reserve your orders for new building materials for in a few months time, say from September and lock a date down with your suppliers. And so it's not just people who are supplying goods to sites. It's also about people who are supplying services to you as a developer. You might want to discuss what you can do or as much as you can do with your consultants, etc. now, but then um, lock in some time, plan in some time in their diary for them to then get on to dealing with the stuff that they can't do now, but at a later date, so that they give you priority and they give you that, that time later on, so that there's not a massive bottleneck for their time and for their services in any event. So that it's just a, a, it's a case of trying to 
on the one hand, get as much done as you can now, but on the other hand, forward plan as much as you can as well. So, David, we've looked at the issue of how long it's going to be. I just want to look forward thinking a little bit longer term. People talk about behavioural changes and maybe it's a bit too early to talk about behavioural changes because literally we've only had a lockdown for two weeks, you know, 15 days or something. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's too too early to talk about behavioural changes. But do you see any behavioural changes long term in planning because of the impact mm-hmm. or way too early? Well, I think that there will certainly be opportunities available in the market afterwards. Um, I can see that there will probably be opportunities with a lot of pubs, cafes and restaurants uh, that were already under pressure. The town centres were already struggling um, and that pressure is only going to be deepened by the current crisis. Difficult to tell how long it will take for that to settle. And the difficulty is that planning policy may need to catch up with the reality on the ground as well. It's not done that yet, but it may very well have to do that because there will be a, an urgency now more than there ever was before um, to get ourselves back on our feet and get the local economies, get the local town centres going again. So there'll be opportunities there. Behavioural changes is a really interesting one, Brendan, because um, the two of us are probably, even for, for people who are, who are relatively mobile, mobile in our jobs, we're, we're at home. We're working all the time at home now. Now, think about if you work for a company like Procter & Gamble, or if you work for a large pharmaceutical company or a company that's, or, or one of the big surveying companies who... They, they're used to having um, a big city or town center presence in big offices. So some of these big landmark offices. From my experience, having been on that side of the fence many years ago, having worked from one of these surveying companies, um, a lot of the reason, in my opinion, my experience that they hold these offices is partly because of the culture as well. Um, and it comes from like the, the partners, the older partners, often feeling as if they need to keep that big center presence in some of these, uh, these centers as well. And they ha- operate these big offices. And what we might start to see is them realizing that there might be cost savings and efficiencies for them long term in not needing such big offices. And that more of their staff can actually work remotely. They don't have to be in the office. They might use hot desking a lot more, not so much dedicated meeting space, or, uh, and they might use online meetings a lot more as well. So there might be opportunities in the long term there for the rationalization of a lot of office space to do a lot more mixed use schemes, a lot more co-living schemes in town centers as well. So if you are in a situation where you're you're ready to think strategically at this point in time, look 12 to 24 months down the line, you might want to be thinking about what the opportunities there may be and trying to position yourself, your investors, etc., with what, with what opportunities there are locally. We'll see the same thing, I think, in the hospitality sector. We'll see a lot of hotels that might be looking to um, shift stock or rationalize stock as well 
So I know that some clients of mine are looking in that direction at the moment and try and open up a con trying to open up a conversation with local hotel operators um, to see if there's the opportunity for redevelopment on some of those sites as well. So these are behavioral changes. They're having an impact on us individually um, as, uh, um, as, as people working from our homes. But if you look at that on a grander scale, you can see how that might then feed into the local economy and the national economy and then create structural changes in the economy that might then create opportunities in the longer term as well. Um, and in, in most cases, obviously because it, cash has stopped flowing around the system, it's a good time to be looking for those opportunities. Discussing those with your consultants, I'm doing that a lot with some of my clients at the moment. We are looking at opportunities and I'm giving advice on um, online, obviously, um, on what those opportunities are and what we can do with them in the future. And then perhaps opening up a negotiation where you can quite early on with people who might currently be under pressure and be prepared to be flexible on terms. You might get deals done now that you might not be able to get done in 12 to 18 months. Um, when sentiment hardens again, the economy may be returning back to normal. So now's a good time to try and start opening up those conversations, try to perhaps either do the deals or get options done on a subject to planning basis, ideally, or subject to contract basis. So there are going to be opportunities there. David, so the final question is, how can people connect with you? What, what's your preferred method of communication? Is it email? Is it LinkedIn, Facebook, website? Well, you can find me on Facebook uh, and on LinkedIn and uh, David Kemp um, and on the Facebook under DRK Planning. Um, I have a website which is uh, www.drkplanning.co.uk. Um, my usual preferred method, I'm a bit old fuddy-duddy like this, is email. Um, but uh, it's david at drkplanning.co.uk. David at drkplanning.co.uk. Um, and I often use Instant Messenger as well, but obviously if you've got a site that you want me to look at, it's usually best to email me. That email address again is david at drkplanning.co.uk. David, I, I could be on here a lot longer, but I want to conserve the time. Um, and I'm sure we will catch up possibly post-coronavirus, I hope, uh, God willing. Uh, maybe we'll catch up in a month's time. Um, I'm just hoping the lockdown isn't for too long, but uh, look, I've got no expertise in how long the lockdown is. Um, Brendan, I don't think, I don't think even the public health officials know. So look, I just want to say a massive thanks and just a call out to the listeners as well. If there's anyone who you want me to interview, uh, let me know. Um, just send me an email, just Facebook message me. So David, massive thanks this morning for joining me. Massive thanks to the listeners as well. Thank you. Thanks, Brendan. Cheers.